This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. You know, I will say that I am incredibly fortunate and there's not a day that goes by that I don't realize how fortunate I am. That is that I'm not food insecure. I can mm-hmm. uh, go into my refrigerator and sometimes see more than beer and leftover pizza. But we're talking today with Monica Alvarado, who is the founder brainchild behind Feed Anne Arundel, which is doing so much for our local community that during the pandemic, it really is not food secure. And food security is sort of a new term that I learned over the past year as this pandemic is rolling through our community and how it really affects everybody. And we wanted to jump on the phone, find out about Feed Anne Arundel and all we need to know. But welcome, Monica Alvarado. How are you? I'm good, John. Thanks for having me. Well, first of all, the other hat that Monica wears, because she is like a six-headed creature that has tons (laughs) of different hats, Uh, she is the owner of Bread and Butter Kitchen down in Eastport. It's at the foot of 2nd Street and the Annapolis Harbor, sort of catty corner from the chart house. A wonderful place to walk to in the morning and get a breakfast wrap. I usually get uh, bacon, egg, and cheese in a breakfast wrap, and it's wonderful. And their lunches and um, just a real great place to go. Real quick, best view in town, bar none. Good solid. Thank you. Good solid food. (laughs) So that's that. And actually, you've got a a great picture in there of the cow on the wall. And I found the artist on that because I wanted to give my girlfriend that uh, a picture Oh, wow, um, really? And I was able to go to Local by Design, tell them about it, and they said, oh, yeah, I know exactly who the artist is. She lives on the Eastern Shore, so I was able to get a hold of the artist, and we were able to get a very similar painting of that cow that sits sort That's of to, to the so right, of, right, of, right of your coffee things. My girlfriend ended up loving it, and I said, this is great. Now I don't have to go to Monica and say, hey, I want to buy the cow off your wall. So that's, uh, <laughs> you know, I would have just given it to you. Had you asked, you, you, it's totally you, fine. You, you know, you, you're in business for yourself. Everything's on the table. You know, you want you want to buy the coffee maker, the coffee pump. Yeah, okay. <laughs> anything you need, anything you need, <laughs> especially in the pandemic. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's let's back up. Okay, we are here right now. We're recording this on February nineteenth. Okay, so we are. Yeah, we're we're about forty eight weeks. 48, 49 weeks into a pandemic. And it was about a year ago when you had your oh shit moment, right? (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. As a restaurant owner, there were definitely moments in March of last year where I had tears in my eyes and and, uh, some crazy laughter going on because that's all you can do of like, well, that was fun. I owned a restaurant for three years check. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I did that. (laughs) So I I definitely was in that, that camp of not sure what was going to happen or whether we would make it. And there was fear and um, frustration all around and the restrictions kept getting tighter. And we still at that point um, didn't even know what the, what the actual virus could do or would do. There was so much misinformation and unknown at that point that we were literally scared for our health and safety as well. So yeah, it was a crazy time. We all kind of, um, it feels like so long ago, but to your point, four weeks from today is actually when we launched Feed Anne Arundel. And um, it all, you you mentioned me as the brainchild, but I'm only one half of that brainchild, to be honest. <laughs> well, I've, I've, heard, my, I've heard that you have half a brain. I was talking, I to, I was talking to your husband the other day. No, no that, that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> um, 
But um, I have this wonderful customer. His name's Ryan Sermons, and he had been coming in my restaurant for about two years. And he's a pastor at a local church and would come in on Sunday with his wife, Irish, and his son, Floyd. And they would call ahead, and they, we'd always have their food ready for them. So my daily or weekly um, chat with him would consist of, hey, Pastor Ryan, what's the sermon about this weekend? And by the way, Pastor Ryan's last name is Sermons, which cracks me up for whatever reason. It's like he was destined to be yeah. <laughs> a minister. Right. Right? So um, so he would have to very quickly compress you know, his entire sermon into like five words because Sundays are busy at my restaurant and I just needed that answer quickly so I could get on with my day. Um, but anyways, that was our initial relationship. What I did not recognize or realize, um, because he would come in often during the week for, for work meetings, uh, was that he was the he is the lead organizer for an organization called ACT, which is Anne Arundel Connecting Together. And ACT is this huge organization, 28 nonprofits, churches, and now Bread and Butter Kitchen is like the one not, not nonprofit and not church that joined. Um, and they really, their organization focuses on on big issues like food insecurity, like housing, like universal internet is something that we're really working on together right, right now as well. Anyways, Ryan calls me out of the blue in March last year and says, hey, Monica, what do you think about restaurants leaning in to do something to help feed people? Because he's connected to all these churches. They're aware of all these issues. Food's becoming scarce at the stores. People are getting laid off and losing their jobs. We know what's coming. And I said, that sounds great. What do you think? And he mentioned the Jose Andreas model from Hurricane Maria, where he went down and kind of mobilized all these chefs to cook. And I was like, that's a great idea. However, we, um, we can't ask chefs or restaurants to donate time or food at this point. We just can't afford it. Why not try to raise money and we can use that money to pay the restaurants and then it's a win-win, right? Right, right. <laughs> so, and that was it. That was the um, beginning. That was a Tuesday, I believe. And then on Saturday, we had our first food distribution in South County at Adams Church in Lothian with 400 meals. And that was 100 meals from four different restaurants. And um, it, we just moved so quickly because we knew we had to get to work. Well, this, yeah. I, I, want, yeah. I want to step back just a little bit. I mean, the situation in March of 2020 was pretty dire for every restaurant. And, and it's funny when you say that Ryan and ACT called you and said, hey, what can we do? That it was uh, – you're like, well, yeah, send people to eat at my house, you know, at my restaurant would be, you know, I say a restaurant owner's answer. But you stepped up to this. But I mean, this is something – all restaurants were like, you know, they were – don't go out of your house. I mean, that was the that yeah. was the big bad message. You know what? Don't talk to people. Don't go anywhere near <laughs> people. You know, if you see them on the street, you run to the other side of the street. Right. You you know, you turn your head, you put your mask on, and I mean, it was just this big, huge, bad thing that we didn't know about, and we're still learning about today. And right. restaurants went from full speed from a hundred to zero inside of a day. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it was very real as far as, you know, am I able to come in and turn the light on? Is BG&E going to be there cutting me off? What What is going on? And this is a way that you figured out to let them keep it on. And I've used the – and I don't know whether you gave it to me at one point or not, but that we can help the restaurants keep the lights on dim. Yes. And we can help keep some of their employees employed. 
and feed the community at the same time. Right. This was by no means a profitable venture, right? So we're asking restaurants to, to make meals for, you know, as a restaurant owner, I set the price um, with, with input from folks like the chart house and, you know, the initial people that jumped on, uh, on board were like Skane and Joe's, Ashland Kitchen and Crofton, Leeward Market, Brumps Cafe, um, chart house. <laughs> so we had a wide um, range of pricing that most restaurants were using and our food costs were all a little bit different. Um, but we kind of agreed on a settled at a price of $11 per individual meal. And then later in the year moved to family style meals, which we pay restaurants $50 a meal. So that, that is, um, um, it, it ensures that they're going to get a good meal and the restaurant is also going to be able to cover their overhead and expenses. And that was really what it was all about. Keep the lights on, probably at dim. Certainly not all staff was able to come back, but we were able to keep these restaurants afloat. You talk to folks like Jody Danick at Lemongrass or Tom Hanna Metropolitan, Luna Blue, um, any of the restaurants that we, we have worked with, they'll tell you that it was just a lifeline, Right. They were getting five to ten thousand dollars a month from us, which in most cases in downtown Annapolis certainly wouldn't cover the rent. Yeah. But it will it helps to kind of curve some of those bills. And a little bit of income for the chart house is a great example. They had a little bit of income coming in and were able to demonstrate that they were one of the few in the country that were allowed to stay open um, because we had this income coming into them. And, and what I tell people all the time is like, listen, you know, you, you see $10 is a meal. And, but that also demonstrates a restaurant being able to keep their doors open and people working and it activates the entire supply chain, the delivery drivers for the products, warehouse workers, the farmers, the watermen, all across the board, the paper companies are making a killing with all the carryout supplies. <laughs> um, and, and so that was, it's a much bigger impact than it feels like on the surface when we're just simply handing somebody a meal. And we also, you know, recognize that if I have paid you to make a hundred meals for feed in Arundel, that means your restaurant is open and your customers are still there. So that allowed them to maintain momentum, maintain connectivity with their customers where some restaurants made the decision just to close. And, um, and I think for me, at least, from my perspective, it feels much easier to keep going and limping along than to stop and start over months later. And I think, you know, that's something that Feed Anne Arundel allowed restaurants to do is just to continue to limp along and figure things out as things continue to evolve. And in my mind, a lot of those restaurants also then became very creative. One of the best outcomes from Feed Anne Arundel for me has been the collaboration of all these restaurants. We're kind of like a mini restaurant association in Anne Arundel County, right? We've got 75 restaurants. We communicate about everything from PPP loans to where do you get your paper supplier to, you know, did you see the news? You know, it doesn't matter. There's this like community now and we are able to communicate and collaborate. And that's actually how we came to, realized that these delivery services were charging all of us different amounts. We started right. a random conversation one day and suddenly we're like, holy cow, we've got to address that. And thankfully County Executive okay. Pittman and his team listened and did something for us. So, so yeah. Um, crazy. No, I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's got so many different tentacles and it's really very all encompassing. And I mean, again, as you say, I mean, if you're making a hundred and, and I got to sit there and say, you're making a hundred meals on a, on a Tuesday, 
mm-hmm. in March, you're probably you probably weren't doing that March of nineteen right. for, for a typical restaurant. Right. But now you are, and you're able to turn around and bring some people in at a reduced capacity. The funding, okay. So obviously, you know, Monica is not. It's Alvarado. It's not Gates yeah. or no. Monica Musk, although that has that has a nice ring to it. But it's, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but you know, where where is the money coming from? Sure. So we started um, 100% private donations. So we threw up that first week on Tuesday. We had the discussion. Wednesday, I had a GoFundMe page up and reaching out to chambers of commerce to find out where the restaurants are in the county who might want to participate. Right. So we're making all these calls, doing all this stuff. Um, And we just started, I made, I think a go live announcement um, on bread and butter kitchens, Facebook page, and then asked the other restaurants to do the same. And so, you know, I think I was in a good position um, at this point because I'd been open for about three years. My restaurant was set up honestly, just perfectly for the pandemic. We already had online ordering, delivery, and curbside and carry out. And so, uh, and I have a great team that was able to kind of step in and take over while I focused on this. So it was easier for me to kind of step away and start fundraising in that capacity. And so not even understanding whether we'd make it or not, right? That first weekend, the restaurants were like, we'll do it. You get paid, it's fine. If not, it was it was a nice way to say farewell. <laughs> like, yeah. That was kind of the thought process at that point, right? All the restaurants were like, nah. um, but to our surprise, um, thousands of dollars started rolling in. And um, to the point that the following week, we had over $40,000 raised in one week alone. I think at that point in the pandemic, as you recall, people were going above and beyond to help restaurants and their employees. They knew immediately um, you know, people were buying gift cards and I had a customer coming into my restaurant every single week and dropping an envelope of $200 in cash for my employees to split every single week. So there was a lot of outpouring of support for restaurants. Um, and when they saw Feed Anne Arundel and saw that it was like a, you know, a three for one, they're helping the restaurants, keeping people working and feeding the community. They were, it was a, just a no brainer for a lot of people to throw money <laughs> towards us, which we really appreciated. And what that did for us was allow us to really establish the process and demonstrate um, the return on investment. <laughs> because even if you if you talk to folks today, they'll say, well, $10 for one meal doesn't feel like the $10 for 10 meals you could get through the food bank. And that's true. However, that $10 for one meal, as I mentioned before, represents people working, <laughs> like yeah. not just restaurants, right? So it's a lot bigger than that. So people instinctively understood that. So once um, once we were able to get established, we did um, talk to the county, talk to the governor's office, talk to the county executive's office, and um, we received a grant for $200,000 in May from the, um, the CARES Act, which was amazing. It right. helped us continue to be sustainable. That came from the county? Yeah, that came from the county through the CARES Act. Okay. That was our first grant. Um, and then we did get additional grants from the Community Foundation of Anne Arundel County, from the City of Annapolis's um, Community Foundation. Right. There were little grants coming here and there. And, of course, private donations. Corporations started to see us. Brick companies gave us a $50,000 grant, um, which was amazing. Lex is great over there. 
They do. Yeah. They're, they're just so quiet and unassuming and just do such yeah. wonderful stuff for the community. They really do. And I just, I was just blown away because not only did they want to donate, um, that we've also engaged one of the golf clubs that they oversee and their club is now helping provide food as well. And, you know, so there's all these relationships that have kind of come together as a result of Feed and Rundle. You know, as the year wore on um, in November, the county reached out, you know, there was some CARES money left over and we didn't have enough turkeys, right? So all these, in parallel to running Feed and Rundle, I was also working very closely with the county on a number of food distributions, um, which was a natural fit because we, you know, we prepare the meals and we bring them to the food distributions that were already in place. We didn't want to reinvent the wheel. We just wanted to supplement what was already being done. There, We had worked really hard to get enough turkeys to hand out at food distributions and Thanksgiving, and we knew we were going to fall short. The need was much greater than what we could get. Apparently, you're supposed to order turkeys in, like, February. <laughs> 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 not November. Right, <laughs> so, okay. so we needed like 7,000 turkeys, small challenges. Um, <laughs> so, so the county reached out and said, hey, if we gave you some more money, could you make, you know, full Thanksgiving meals for some families? And so they did. They gave us another $125,000 for November. And we put out whew, a lot of meals. Um, but they were full Thanksgiving meals, full turkey, the full dessert, all the trimmings. It was amazing. And that went over to over a thousand families. Um, Monica, you're throwing out all sorts of crazy crazy numbers numbers here. (laughs) And and it begs the question, how bad is the food insecurity situation here in Anne Arundel County? Oh, man. Yeah. It's not great. Um, So one thing that, you know, we should all understand is that the food insecurity issue in our county is not new. It was simply exacerbated and brought, uh, certainly earned more attention thanks to the pandemic. But there's always been a food insecurity issue in our county. I think it's one in six children in the county are sometimes often without meals. So, you know, that's why you have programs like Backpack Buddies at our elementary schools where, you know, families receive a backpack full of food for their children for the weekend. Um, I used to volunteer when schools were still open at my son's middle school, Bates at the food pantry there every Friday so that children could come and shop and get food for the weekend for their families. Um, so this is not a new situation. It's just bigger. And for instance, I saw and continue to see, we see people in line that have never had to ask for help before. I, um, in fact, there was a gentleman um, that I knew from eating at my restaurant and he owned his own company as a consultant contractor for the government single father, two kids, and the floor fell out from beneath him, right? The contracts got put on hold because of the pandemic. Suddenly he found himself with two small children, no income, and found himself in line for the very first time in his life asking for food. And it was, it's hard. It was humiliating. It was frustrating. It was scary. Um, but he was not alone. We saw and continue to see so many people in that same boat. Um, as the pandemic wore on, we saw people just with less hours or somebody gets sick in the family, they have to take time off to take care of them. It just, you know, America, <laughs> we're all like one medical emergency away from bankruptcy. <laughs> so, Without um, doubt, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it, it certainly is a challenge. You know, if you talk to folks like Pamela Brown at the partnership, she actually wrote a 
they did a whole report on food insecurity in the county a couple of years ago. Um, so I think it's time we update that and take a closer look and see where we are now that the pandemic is here. Food insecurity affects people in so many different ways. And you can sit there and say, oh, yes, there's obviously food insecurity among the homeless population that we have here in Anne Arundel County. There's food insecurity among those that are in uh, lower income housing and, and you know, you know, in, around and under the poverty level. And that's the, the low hanging fruit. Um, but the fact that you can supply healthy meals, uh, not just here's a bag of chips and a banana to right. families is, is incredible. I mean, how many meals have you guys prepared? Do you know? Do you have your little? Uh, of your course, little, I do. Your little, click, your little <laughs> clicker out. I live. I live and breathe these numbers. Um, yeah. So we have. We're at over one hundred and fifty thousand meals at this point, and uh, one point four million dollars back into the hands of restaurant owners in our county, um, which is dramatic. It's <laughs> a lot, and you know, and I think that's why people who are donating, and certainly the government. Um, they understand that we're actually helping to stimulate the economy as well, which is critical. Um, Can I, I want to yeah, interrupt so, you. I want to interrupt you. You said about 150,000 meals. Yep. Okay. Now I just pulled my calculator out and I divided that by mm-hmm. 12 and by 30. That's every single day of the week, 416 meals a day for a year. Mm-hmm. Pretty close. So about, 400, about 400 <laughs> meals a day. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Um, it is pretty wild when you start to break it down like that. And I, you know, I've been lucky in my role with Feed In Arundel to be out and, and to be at each of these distribution sites, you know, multiple times. Not everyone, obviously, but, um, and, and then I'll tell you, like, that's my favorite thing to do, right? Especially if I'm having a low day, I get caught up in the news, I get depressed about something. Going on in the oh, world, come on. That there's I can't nothing control. on the news. There's nothing on the news to be depressed about. What are you talking about? Everything's fine. There's no fire. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep moving. Um, so make eye contact. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, that for me is uplifting. And and I will tell you too, people receiving these meals, it is such um, a spirit lifter, right? So. We have restaurants that have received emails, phone calls, handwritten notes, um, because we ask the restaurants, obviously, to put their labels on there. You know, we want to make sure people know who's the, who made the food for them, what the food is, right, right. <laughs> if there's any allergens, obviously. Um, but primarily because we do want the people to know who is making this food for them so that when they are on their feet, they're able to go back out to eat, that they still hopefully choose one of these restaurants. And that's that's the goodwill. I think many of the restaurant owners that have participated will tell you that the best part of it is being um, just that feeling of giving back when they drop off the food and they're seeing smiles on the volunteers' faces. They receive these emails and notes and phone calls saying, thank you so much. This meal meant the world to me as a single mom with three kids. I lost my job of 19 years. Like You hear these heartbreaking stories, um, and they're just so happy to receive, you know, a beautiful meal from Ashland Kitchen or from Mali Thai or Bismala. Like there's all these amazing restaurants in the county just putting their heart and souls into making food for these people. And it's amazing. And what I think is also very cool. And, and I see this time and time again, and not just in the restaurant business, but the 
the locally owned businesses, whether this be Stan and Joe's, whether it be Ashley and Kitchen, a new mm-hmm. favorite of mine that was just discovered about six months ago, um, mm-hmm. is, you know, these are the local people that live in our community, that shop in our community, that hire kids and people out yep. of our community. Uh, and at the end of the week, they go out and they spend money in our community. Yeah. And I just, uh, I'd love to see, and I see it all the time, time and time again, whether it be, you know, retail or service or, uh, you know, contractors or restaurants, certainly there's ways to get back. I mean, very few charity organizations will go to any local business and say, Hey, is there a way that you can help me out that the business is not going to say? Absolutely. Right. Um, and that's very true. And we are a very giving community and this really sort of shows, shows that. Yeah. Um, Without a doubt. As far as donating goes, I mean, if, if I want to throw throw some dollars to you, I can go to feedannarundle.org, which is your website, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And you guys and then, have affiliated with the Ripken Foundation. Yeah, we, we are. They're currently our fiscal sponsor. That might change um, in the future, but not a big deal. <laughs> so we're working through that now. But they're our fiscal sponsor. They have been amazing to work with. They provide all the back-end support. For us, um, as far as, you know, I'll receive the invoices from the restaurants, review them, send them to them, and they'll, you know, review them, pay the invoice, and then with a grant, with a grant through the county, that's the biggest piece for me, that they've been able to, to manage that, make sure that we're dotting our I's, crossing our T's, and living within the means of the grant. Um, so that's been amazing as well, not to mention, because they are, you know, a well-known and established nonprofit. They gave us some credibility as well as to what we were doing. So people trusted it um, a little bit more. It felt much better to me. (laughs) I didn't want Monica's GoFundMe. (laughs) Right. Monica's GoFundMe. Correct. It's (laughs) it's a little fishy, right? I, this was for us so important um, that we are hundred percent transparent so that there are no questions, right? Especially I'll tell you, when we got that $1 million grant from the county in or December, man, the questions that started coming in from, obviously, from county council members, making sure that their district was represented, wanting to see the books. Like, well, why are we giving her this money? How is she spending this money? Not knowing me, which is a fair question to ask. It was such a relief to know that not only did I have all my numbers and ducks in a row, but Ripken Foundation was there, as was ACDS, to kind of demonstrate to everyone that we are fair, equitable. We're, we're, we made a point in the beginning of partnering with the Partnership for Children, Youth, and Family. And we did that because they are their tentacles are in the county already. They work on social justice issues. They are helping already. So they're the ones that connected us to all the food distributions to make sure that we were giving food not just in Annapolis, but... Lothian, you know, um, Odenton, Hanover, Brooklyn Park, we're everywhere. There's not a spot of this county that we haven't touched and don't continue to each week. So, um, well, that, that, so was, that was really I'm crossing critical. that off my list because that was where, you know, that's what <laughs> I want to know is, is where are you? I mean, yeah. so you really are touching all corners of the county. Yeah, absolutely. On any given day. Well, so there are food distributions, I would say, every day except I haven't seen one on a Wednesday in a long time and never on Sundays. So we, we usually have several on Mondays. Um, there's one or two on Tuesdays. There are at least 
two on Thursdays. Friday, there's one. It's always on Fridays. And then Saturday, man, whew, that's our big day. We're out and about all over the county on this Saturday alone. I believe we're going to, if I can remember who I assigned, um, yeah. we are going to seven different events this Saturday alone. And that is 14 different restaurants sending family-style meals to those events. And wow. each family-style meal is awesome. Like, they feed up to six people. So even if you have a house with two people, you're still receiving the same family-style meal. But And that'll feed you for several days. And our restaurants are great. Like, they're churning out. They're not churning out, like, just pasta and sauce. I mean, you've got meatloaf, mashed potatoes, green beans. We've got you know, grilled chicken, baked potatoes, and a fresh salad. I mean, they're gorgeous meals across the board. We've been really, I, I love it. I love that part of it because the restaurants take it seriously. It's a reflection of who they are as restaurant owners and of their businesses. Um, so the food is beautiful, and that's that's critical. Well, I am proud to live in Anne Arundel County and proud of people that uh, have have the thought process and the get up and go to make something like this happen. This is just fantastic what it's done for our community. And hopefully as we go into a year into this pandemic, you'll be obsolete and, you know, fairly, fairly, <laughs> fairly soon, unfortunately. But I from mean, what you said, that's well, the dream, but, but, but no. From what you yeah. said, that that's not real. That's not realistic. Um, no. Just because and, of the fact, security. Yeah, we, we don't see ourselves slowing down for some time. I've already started talking to the county and actually to the World Central Kitchen a little bit about additional funding. The FEED Act just was passed by uh, through executive order by Joe Biden. And um, the FEED Act uh, is exactly what we do, right? So it was brought to Congress last year by Jose Andres and a couple um, congressmen. And we didn't pass last year for whatever reason. But essentially, it sets money aside for FEMA to pay, um, to, to disseminate that money to local governments to pay restaurants to help address the same things that we're doing. So Feed Anne Arundel, we're in a very unique position right now so that, I mean, we've already got the process figured out. So our hope is that the county and potentially the state recognizes that and allows us to continue to use that the funding for Feed Anne Arundel and perhaps expand. Um, and in fact, we have worked with, we have Feed Howard County now, which is run by Howard County, not by us, obviously. I, I was going to ask whether people mm -hmm. had approached you saying, hey, how, oh, do, yeah. how do we do this? Yeah, so Feed, Anne, Feed Howard County started last year, probably in May, June timeframe. And we worked very closely with them to get them up and running, you know, and they, they do their own thing. It's a little bit different than our program, a little slower paced. Um, but, but they're churning right along. They've got a lot of support from their county executive as well. And then Prince George's County, they're going. They've been going for about probably six months now. And then probably in December, I had a discussion with the Office of Emergency Management in Montgomery County um, to talk about it as well. So there's a potential there. There's opportunity there to kind of expand this program out. And we, you know, I'm lucky to be working with so many amazing restaurant owners right? <laughs> that um, we're now starting to talk about how to evolve Peter Arundel. What does it start to look like? We do have a seat at the table as a group of restaurants within the county now, which is nice because, if, you know, if anyone has a question about how do the restaurants feel, just give us a call. <laughs> like, we, we would happily send restaurants to your listening session, right? Right. Um, for instance, Brooks, um, Chandelmeyer, uh, the city alderman 
is working on some legislation that he wants to put forward about just having allergens posted at buffets. And before he does that, he wants to talk to all the restaurants. Here we are. We're here. Come talk to us. We'll tell you our input, what we think would work, what wouldn't work, and so that it'll be more successful going forward. Fantastic. Well, how do we get yeah. how do we get involved with Feed Anne Arundel? We can donate. We can go to feedannearundel.org dot org, or mm-hmm. we can go to ripkinfoundation.org slash donate. Correct. Yeah, and, 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 and that is tax free. That is a tax free. Are you a tax are, deductible? Are you, are you a uh, nonprofit yourself yet, or you no? Just, so it is through the Ripkin Foundation. <laughs> Correct. So that's that. Yeah. And that was a big reason for seeking out a um, fiscal sponsor as well. I I don't know that we would want to be a nonprofit ourselves just because of the back end administration. Right now we're so agile. I can focus on fundraising. I've got other restaurants that are now stepping up to help me with some of the back end admin work. I just yeah, I don't think we're ready for that yet. But yes, all donations fine. are tax deductible. Okay, so we can donate. What about if, yes. can do? You, are you looking for volunteers to help with distributions? Absolutely. So there are a number of food distributions throughout the county, always looking for volunteers. I typically send people over to Tyler Heights if they're from the Annapolis area. The Tyler Heights Elementary School um, is uh, the first and third Saturday of every month, and you can sign up on a sign up genius. I can send you that link, John. Um, and I, I like that one. I like the one at Kingdom Celebration and at Mills Pool as well. Um, they're just really well organized. It's a lot of fun. They need a lot of volunteers. We have about 75 volunteers every Saturday <laughs> that we're there. Um, and it's it's a fun, upbeat event, well organized, everybody's smiling. So that's a good one to go to if you want to just pitch in. And it's safe. It's outdoors. Um, when you sign up, you can sign up with your friends or family in your bubble if you're feeling that way. And and want to stay with a group of people, you can do that. We can put you on one station together. So, And while people yeah. leave with meals, you leave with a smile. Huge and smile. A, and a sense of satisfaction, I imagine. Can, yeah, can, are you accepting new restaurants into the realm at this point? You said you have 75 or so. Yeah, we certainly are. I have yet to say no. Right. <laughs> it could be a bad thing. Yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, I think we'll look at that later, uh, you know, as we, you know, start to think about the strategic plan for the year, um, we're, we're starting those conversations now with a group of like our brain trust of restaurants. Um, but right now, yeah, we're still accepting restaurants. I would love to see more restaurants from West County down in like Crofton Gambrels join. We don't have nearly enough from South County. Pretty well represented in Annapolis and Glen Burnie, you know, Saverna Park. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I still, I, you know, there's never not an opportunity. So if, if people are interested, just send me an email at feedannerundle at gmail.com and I will, you know, send you information about the program. It's really simple. As long as you have a food facility license, um, <laughs> you right. know, and Details. we have some, yeah, you know, just be legal. Um, <laughs> so, um, so that's one priority. Obviously we have some guidelines around the meals and what they should look like and what sh- they should include. And as long as people can agree to that, um, you know, they're welcome to join. We've had a lot of restaurants reach out who decided not to join. It just wasn't for them. And that's totally fine as well. So, um, but we're wide open, happy to add more restaurants if people are interested. Well, it's so interesting as we go through this whole pandemic, I mean, different businesses and not necessarily just the restaurant businesses have all figured out a way that works for them. And mm-hmm. I know one of, one of my favorites, Main and Market closed down. They tried it for a little bit and they, yeah. just, they just realized this that, Hey, you know, we, 
this is not this is not working for us. So we're just going to take a break. We're going to do you know the super clean. We're going to get some new kitchen gear. We're going to t- we're going to go into hibernation for a couple of months. Yeah, yeah. And, I and, just saw Evie recently. Yeah, she's yeah. They're gearing up to reopen. <laughs> and that's you know that and that's that was great for them. Uh, some of their other, yeah. other businesses that they have remained open. So I mean it's yeah. Uh, you know, everybody's got its own little thing there. Um, again, the websites that you want to remember are feedannarundle.org. And there's a link actually on there to uh, ripkinfoundation.org slash donate as well. And you're going to send me a link to put in the show notes for people that may want to volunteer to do a Absolutely. distribution. Mm-hmm. You bet. I will do that today. I'll send okay. that right over to you. And yeah. – one of the more important things is that you want to make sure that if you are in Eastport, well, you should make a trip to Eastport. You want to go to Bread and Butter Kitchen. Absolutely. Um, and their website is breadandbutterkitchen.com. And it took me, I will say, a good year because I, I I kept saying like knife and fork or something. And that's because you got the knives in your logo. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I finally have the name down. It rolls off the top of my tongue. It's like Bread and Butter Kitchen. Okay, I've got it now. Uh, yeah, but but a wonderful it. thing. They've got the uh, outside dining Harbor side, a little bit chilly right now in February. It the snow is. is on there, but um, open. Oh, well, you're generally open, what, 7.30 to 3, but you've cut it back a little bit, like 8 to 2 or something like that now. Yeah, I mean, we're still opening at 7.30, but we typically are closing right now around 2. It just depends on how busy we are. So I leave that flexibility to my team. If they feel like it's slow, feel free to close at 2. Um, and then... I should mention for Bread and Butter Kitchen that we are going to be opening in later in March. Um, we're trying a new thing that I've wanted to do for a long time. Uh, we'll be opening Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights from 5 to 10 p.m. And we'll only be serving amazing appetizers, unbelievable desserts, and mocktails um, for those who don't drink alcohol. Uh, <laughs> or, you know, if yeah. you want to grab some and doctor them up at home, I'm cool with that, too. Um, but we're going to be doing that hopefully to, to give people a place to stop by before or after dinner at Chart House or Boatyard or wherever they might be going that evening. Um, so that's is Stay tuned for that. Well, you got to make sure that the water taxis are aware of that. I should. That's a good point. They can just drop somebody off right there at your uh, right there at your dock right and say, there. hey, yep. go, go get your mocktail on your app and uh, stroll Eastport and get some dinner there and then you know head on back exactly. over the bridge to Annapolis. Exactly. It'll be great. It should be fun. Well, that's what I love to see about businesses, always thinking about what the future is and what we can do, what we can do a little bit differently. Keeps everybody on their toes. Monica Alvarado from Feed Anaranda, thank you very much for what you've done. Thank you for your time to say it today, but thank you for you know the insight to come up with this and, and the countless – I don't. I, the one number I'm not going to ask you is how many hours you've spent on this personally because I, I – <laughs> That is one thing I have not calculated, and I probably won't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, no. You absolutely won't because, I mean, you'll realize that the pay sucks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Very true. um, And I I don't want to understate this, but, I mean, you've really single-handedly, for the most part, turned around lives for people in the county, and that's just something that blows my mind. Oh, thank um, you. You just gave me chills. I. uh, it's uh, fine. It gives, it gives you chills. And I realize that you've got t- you've got teams. I mean, you've got you know hundreds of volunteers that work, and you've got other restaurants and you know everybody that's involved in this whole thing. Um, 
and you know they're they're all behind the engine on the train. You know, you've got the yes, the, the, sure. the caboose and the passenger cars and everything else, and everybody else is all along for the ride. And you don't have a train without everybody, but you are the engine that's doing this, and you've really made such a difference mm-hmm. in the lives of probably thousands of, of our of, of our neighbors. And um, you should sleep well for the rest of your life on that one. But um, I, <laughs> well, thank you. But, <laughs> I will try. Yeah. Um, I want to thank you very much for your time this morning and for your time the past year. And I would hope that we're getting to the point where the need for a service such as Fiat Anne Arundel is diminished a little bit. And as we get the the, uh, vaccines that are rolling through and everybody gets our herd immunity and whatnot. Yes, me too. Let's get back to life without masks. (laughs) My glasses are being fogged up far too I will say, I mean, right when this first hit, you guys were just such great neighbors because you had – when. God knows we couldn't get toilet paper. Yeah. Uh, you were able to be able to still buy the, the commercial single ply stuff that nobody, yep. no, uh, nobody would ever use in a, <laughs> in a normal life, in a right. normal life. but, but you offered that, <laughs> you, you offered that to people if they wanted, um, you know, to, if they could not get toilet paper, if they couldn't get hand sanitizer, there was different soaps yeah. and different stuff like that in, in your <laughs> restaurant. I mean, I don't think to go to bread and butter kitchen for, uh, you know, I'll take a roll of toilet paper. (laughs) Oh, no. I mean, absolutely. I think I, I, um, if this pandemic has has done anything, it has re, I don't even know the right word, but it has really pushed me to remember the importance of business and its relationship to the community it serves. It is so critical that we maintain those ties and support each other. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was just a no brainer to me. My employees needed it. So uh-huh. I needed it. We all needed the toilet paper. So we just started putting it out with paper towels and hand sanitizer and, um, whatever I was able to purchase, we just put out for people to take. We didn't, you know, we just wanted to make sure people had full bellies and clean butts. Right. <laughs> what, 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 el- what else do you need? What, what else, else do you need? need? What else do you need? That's for sure. All right, Monica, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for everything that you've done. And you, um, man, it's been a year. It's been a great year. It's been I mean, a year. You know, I'd, I'd love to see the great, you know, there's some great stories that are coming out of COVID. And certainly. There really are. I, I There are more helpers than we knew. I know we keep trying to end this and we keep going. <laughs> but I also, one of the big takeaways for me was the importance of our local elected officials. You know, I the number of people that came out who are elected and supported us and showed up at these drives to give up their Saturdays without their badges on, without, you know, it's incredible. But I also very clearly noticed who wasn't there. (laughs) So, um, and that speaks volumes. So I think that was a big takeaway for me is understanding how important our local officials really are and how much they care about our community. A great number of them really do. No matter how much we might disagree with them. Um, a lot of them were out there rolling their sleeves up with us. And it is a job that I would not wish on anybody because there are no right answers going through this. It doesn't matter God, whether, no. you're, whether you're <laughs> on the local level, the county level, or the state level, or the national yeah, level. Yeah, it's hard. Um, I, I, Those decisions they're making are life and death daily. It's hard stuff. It's true. Well, this has been a great 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the 15-minute wrap-up. <laughs> uh Monica, again, thank you very much. I will let you get going. I know you probably have some couple hundred meals to make for some people that are hungry in Anne Arundel County, and that's uh, very <laughs> sad that you need to do that, but it's uh, very yeah. appreciated. Thank you very much. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. 
This has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionanapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion Annapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.